Proverbs 29, verse 11, NIV. Fools give full vent to their rage, but the wise bring calm in the end. Welcome to this week's episode of Melanin Medley, where we continue with our Moving Forward series. Last week, we took a look at what exactly it meant to move forward, but this week, we're going to take a closer look to recognize who's in control here. God's constantly calling us to move forward from different people, things, and even opportunities, but we got to recognize who's driving the boat, right? Stay tuned. Let us pray. Dear Father God, thank you for blessing us with another opportunity to fellowship with you. Father God, we pray that you may forgive us for all the sins that we've committed, we are committing, and we've yet to commit. And we pray that as we go into this fellowship that you remove any and all distractions that may prevent us from being able to receive your word. We pray that you may purify our hearts, minds, bodies, souls, and spirits, and create a living space for your word to resonate within us. Help us to see that your word is true, alive, and actively working in our lives. And equip us with the tools and resources we need to actively see what exactly it is that you want us to move forward from as we did last week. But in addition to that, Father God, recognizing the things that we can and cannot control. And knowing that you are our God and you are our Lord, that you'll never lead us to the path of destruction, but you want us to have a life and a life to the fullest. So we just thank you for this opportunity. And we pray that you forgive us for all the times where we may have gotten tripped up and not really focused on you, but more so focused on ourselves. Help us to humble ourselves in this moment, Father God, so that we can truly get the nourishment we need from you, but also to see how we can always have that nourishment readily available whenever we need it. And it's in all these things we ask, not by our will, but your will. And it's in Jesus' name we pray and ask it all. Amen. Yes, so today we're going to focus on who's in control here. Yes, this is the focus of part two of the Moving Forward series. Um, God's constantly calling us to different areas, different relationships, and even different paths that we may have not considered before we actually thought, okay, God, we want to live the life that you've planned out for us. And in that life, it seems like you're trying to pivot me into something that I've never, ever experienced before in my life. So what am I supposed to do? And last week, we took a close look at some of the things that had no purpose in our purpose ooh, or had no business in our business. Ooh, another gem. I see you. Okay. Um, <laughs> I hyped myself up. So y'all just gonna have to get used to that. We recognize some of the things that didn't align with where we were moving towards. And with that being said, we're going to look at more so who's in control. So for those of you that are familiar with it, we're going to be taking a deep dive into Genesis, mostly analyzing Joseph's story. This is a great example. I'm so, so grateful that God took the wheel on this entire thing. So we're going to get started. And look at our anchor scripture, which is pretty much what I'm going to use to drive home this whole moving forward series, which is Philippians 3, verse 13 through 15, which says, No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. Let all who are spiritually mature agree on these things. If you disagree on some point, I believe God will make it plain to you, but we must hold on to the progress we have already made. 
So like we already talked about this week, we don't have all the answers when it comes to moving forward with something. But we have to be willing to humble ourselves, die to ourselves even, in recognizing that God did not bring us this far to leave us without instructions or leave us without the peace, the joy, and the guidance we need to survive through this transitional period, if you will. He's not going to leave you. He has not left you. He's even sitting with you right now as you're listening to this, as you're driving, as you're cleaning your house, as you're talking with your friends, as you're reviewing this and even your own Bible study. He's not going to leave you. He's sitting with you when you've left him. When you knew you weren't supposed to make that phone call, when you knew you weren't supposed to sign that paper, make that deal, get into that relationship, when you knew good and darn he was still sitting with you and that's amazing grace that we don't deserve that we did not earn that he freely gave to us so please 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 if you get anything from this series when you're moving forward into something always recognize that God is moving with you he's not gonna leave you at all even if you backslide he's not leaving you Once you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and even before that, know that God loves you. He is love. And someone that loves you that much knows how valuable you are and will not leave you to the wretches of this world or even this life that is constantly trying to take you out, pull you down, and discourage you. So once again, this nugget, but I love y'all enough to know that. The Holy Spirit is leading me to say stuff like this, so I'm just going to follow and ride the wave, (laughs) okay? So, like I said, the whole purpose of this episode is to recognize who's in control. What I want to start with is just this little nugget of when we recognize who's in control, we want to start with this point. Keep this truth at the forefront of everything you do. When God makes his promises to you, let that be the only thing you let control you. Before we get into um, who's in control with moving forward, let God's promise be the wheel, the gasolina, all the stuff that goes into your moving forward caravan. Let that be the only thing that drives you. If you let the haters try to drive the boat on what you can and cannot do, you will find yourself caught up in a whirlwind of chaos. And best believe that has nothing to do or will deter what God has in store for you. It's so easy to allow our thoughts, our feelings, our emotions, the people we surround ourselves with, even if it's sound advice, to try to control whether or not you move forward into something. And I encourage you all that the only thing that y'all should allow to define whether or not you're moving forward into something and even the journey of moving forward only allow God's voice and that promise to guide your journey don't allow what your haters say Don't allow those that disrespect, undermine, corrupt, or ail you to deter you from letting God's truth control you. I say that simply because, like, 
You can't allow comparison, self-doubt, and fear to prevent you from moving forward. These are all things that you ultimately can't control. If you allow these things to try to steer you or drive where you're going, you're going to get caught up in it. Pain is something that had to be put at the forefront as well because it's like, this could be a physical, spiritual, or emotional pain. And you can't control these things, like this emotion of pain. Physical pain could be like, God forbid, physical abuse, or you stubbing your toe, or someone hitting you with their car. Like, you can't control those things. Spiritual pain, that could be something along the lines of verbal abuse from your pastor or your church or your godly community that is making you believe that you're not worthy enough to still be called by God. Making you believe that just because you're kind of lost on your journey or you're not living right, that your salvation's still not secured. These are things that impale the spirit man within you from being able to move forward into an opportunity simply because you don't have the agreeance of everybody in your circle. The only being that should be in agreement with you is God. You can't get everybody's cosine, tangent, and sign on what you got to do and what God's calling you to move forward from. You won't get it. I hate to break it to you, but not even the person that you love to the ends of this earth. You may encounter a season in which you all do not see eye to eye. That does not take away from the love you have for that person. However, it cannot define whether or not you're moving forward. Because in that that point, you're not really listening to God, you're listening to man. And a man is so fallen and so corrupt, not in like they're all malicious and they're all evil, but we live in a sin-fallen world. And there may be times where we're not leading you where you need to be. So you need to be careful in staying in tune with God. You can try, but you can't allow these things to move through you or prevent you from being trapped in what they want you to do. On an emotional level, it's just like that sinking feeling, that pain in your heart, the mind like racing with a thousand what ifs and all of the negative case scenarios that may come up from why you won't move into the purpose God has called you to. And I encourage you all never to keep those things trapped in your body or your mind because trapping them there will allow them to decay and even cause more harm than good in the long run in your body. And I believe that. Just let them move through you the best way you can. That could be like going to therapy. And people usually leave this one last, but I'm a strong advocate for this. Like people will list all these things you can do and they say, oh, go seek a professional. Like, no, first seek a professional. Because there may be some things that even if you come to the realization you don't need to be in therapy for years and years on end, the first appointment is free. Why would you want to miss out on that? Letting these things move through you, especially pain, could look like going to therapy. It could also look like writing or using a journal or an online journal like Penzu. I personally use Penzu. And that automatically stores your thoughts, just like Google Docs, but it stores everything as you're typing it. And you can password protect not only the account, but also the journal. So only you would have exclusive access to it 
or the people in which you choose to share it with. It could also look like writing poetry, music, or stream of consciousness, or even affirmations. The whole point of moving forward is not staying there. So, like, allow your heart and mind to be in anticipation for the things to come without abandoning working through those issues. So, you're moving forward and it hurts. Like, you really love that guy. You really love that girl. And it hurts. That pain should not define whether or not you stay with that person. You work through those emotions. You work through how painful it is. You work through all those memories you had with that job, with that relationship, with that business. Like, you stay in touch with those feelings, but don't stay there. Because the feelings will pass But the time that you have is very limited. And if you allow yourself to be steeped in those feelings of the past, you're not going to move anywhere. You're going to stay stuck there while everything around you is moving forward. And then that's where you get the phrases, I stay stuck in the past or I'm living in the past. So what I mean by this is just create the space for those feelings to be. But don't allow yourself to just try to coax them away or fool yourself into thinking they're going to go away on their own because you got to deal with them deal with them let them know that they're real but don't allow them don't try to speed up the process by trying to oh I figured out this is from a long long time ago in my childhood and this is why I'm dealing with this like don't try to coax them away because that's not the point the point is to deal with those emotions but to also keep your eyes set on what it is you're supposed to be doing what it is that God is calling you to move forward towards and even what is God calling you to steward over right now and then for me um, I also have some things like dancing and talking with a trusted loved one or friend and always remember like you can't talk to everybody some people aren't looking out for you so I won't get into that too much but whatever it is don't let it be a crutch that won't help anything so if you're trying to move forward from a past relationship don't jump into another one or if you're trying to sort through your feelings with an individual that has wronged you. This doesn't even have to be like on a romantic level. This could be on a friendship level because I've been wronged on a friendship level too. Hurt people hurt people. This is like a real statement. So some people are just trying to numb the pain, but the best antidote won't numb you, but heal you. Let me say it again. The best antidote won't numb you, but heal you. That looks like going into prayer with God and having... Those one-on-one sessions where you're just venting him and like, God, like, why did I run into this person? Blah, 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 blah. And you get the revelation. Like, do you have some generational curses that you're trying to break? Do you have some habits that you need to break free from? Do you have some thought processes, some old thought processes that come from way, way, way back then, but have been so ingrained in who you are that you can't break free of them, that you can't get that while you're on the run of trying to figure it out on your own. You have to have that conversation with God because he cuts through bone and marrow. There is no holds barred from when he has something to say to you. So that one-on-one time with God is not an antidote to numb you, but to heal you. That time you spend in therapy is not an antidote to numb you, but to heal you. That time you spend writing, expressing, and dealing with those emotions is not an antidote to numb you, but to heal you. You have to recognize the difference. And please understand, I have to include this as well. That addictions are real and I'm not licensed to speak on those or behalf of those things or like 
all of the different levels of abuse and mental health issues that persist within, for me, the Black community and even across other communities as well that deal with certain traumas that you can't really break free from on your own or with a conversation. Definitely, 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 if you're trying to move forward from substances or have a better diet or just stuff like that, get some accountability and the support system that you need from a licensed professional and surround yourself with people who will affirm your journey into looking for professional help. Because I will not sit here and say, yeah, keep coming back to Ellen and Medley and you're going to get what you need. No, 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 no. Everybody is not licensed to do this. They don't have the tools and resources they need to do this. So when you're looking for those resources, especially with those hard-hitting things that can't be fixed with a simple I'm sorry, but need to be worked through, seek out professional help for that. I recommend for students going through your health center and looking at the different resources that are available there. For adults, looking at different facilities within the community that are nearby to you. We're still going through COVID times at the moment. So even looking at Talkspace as a therapy option is something to do as well. It's more it's more feasible for individuals who would prefer to talk to somebody via text or on their phones versus going in person or having a face-to-face conversation, whether that's through Zoom or Hangouts or any other like licensed, licensed platform in which you can talk to a professional one-on-one. Talkspace could be a great stepping stone for individuals who are looking to start therapy but aren't ready to make the full commitment of having a licensed professional one-on-one relationship. I'll link all of this information in the show notes and even in your pod notes for the week. Whatever you do when you're moving forward, do not blame yourself or doubt yourself if you backslide. We are all imperfect and are constantly sinning every single day. Finally, getting to some scripture in Romans 6, verses 16 through 23 in the TLB version, it says, don't you realize that you can choose your own master? You can choose sin with death or else obedience with acquittal. The one to whom you offer yourself, he will take you and be your master and you will be his slave. Thank God that Though you once chose to be slaves of sin, now you have obeyed with all your heart the teaching to which God has committed you. Verse 18, and now you are free from your old master, sin, and you have become slaves to your new master, righteousness. I speak this way using the illustration of slaves and masters because it is easy to understand just as you used to be slaves to all kinds of sin, so you now must let yourselves be slaves to all that is right and holy. Verse 20, in those days when you were slaves of sin, you didn't bother much with goodness. And what was the result? Evidently not good, since you are ashamed now even to think about these things you used to do. For all of them end in eternal doom. Verse 22, but now you are free from the power of sin and are slaves of God and his benefits to you include holiness and everlasting life. Verse 22, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through death. Jesus Christ, our Lord. So let us be careful here when we're reading this, because I feel like there's a lot of room for miscommunication, but I'm just going to go based off of how I feel the Holy Spirit was interpreting it to me and feel free in your spare time 
if you get something different from the scripture, I would love, love, love to hear what you got from it. But as I was reading the scripture, I got, God always gave us choice. You choose to keep sliding. If you find yourself backsliding in a moment where you're trying to move forward from something, you can choose whether you're going to keep sliding back or turn around and keep trying to move forward. And I can't emphasize this enough. You're going to mess up. You're going to fail. And that's okay. The failure does not define whether or not you're going to keep moving forward. It's what you do after it. And there's nothing wrong with you. God knows that you live in a sinful world. And he still loves you. And he isn't new to this. He's true to this. Though you may have slipped up, this does not prevent you from being able to still move forward. You're constantly evolving and changing. Nothing stops for you. Even when you feel like it does, time keeps moving. So as you're exploring what it is that you're supposed to move forward from, recognize that God is still in control and that when you're ready to take your moving forward journey, he's still going to see you through it when you mess up. I didn't say if, I said when you mess up. So keep that in mind, okay? So all of that was literally part of, I would say, the preface to how we're going to look at how we see who's in control when we're moving forward. So now let's take a look at what we can't control. We're going to take a close look at Joseph's story. We're going to read chapter 37, verses 3 through 11 to get a full context of how we could relate to Joseph's story and how it aligns with our journey of trying to move forward from something and into something else, okay? So in Genesis 37, picking up in verse 3, it says, Jacob loved Joseph more than all his other sons because he had been born to him when he was old. He made a long robe with full sleeves for him. When his brothers saw that their father loved Joseph more than he loved them, they hated their brothers so much that they would not speak to him in a friendly manner. Verse 5, one time Joseph had a dream, and when he told his brothers about it, they hated him even more. He said, listen to the dream I had. We were all in the field tying up sheaves of wheat when my sheaf got up and stood up straight. Yours formed a circle around mine and bowed down to it. Verse 8, do you think you are going to be a king and rule over us? His brothers asked. So they hated him even more because of his dreams and because of what he said about them. Verse 9, then Joseph had another dream and told his brothers. I had another dream in which I saw the sun, the moon, and 11 stars bowing down to me. He also told the dream to his father, and his father scolded him. What kind of dream is that? Do you think that your mother, your brothers, and I are going to come and bow down to you? Joseph's brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept thinking about the whole matter. The first thing that came to mind and what we can't control is the family slash environment we were born into. Just taking a self-inventory, how many of you all were born into big families? Did you ever play the who's the favorite game or did you all get along? Even those that were born into smaller families, maybe you were even the only child. Did you all get along? Your mom, your dad, even adoptive, your adopted mom, your adopted dad, your adoptive legal guardian, your aunt, your uncle, your grandmother, whatever the situation may be, we got a lot of blended families in this world and we can't just stick it to the traditional mom, dad, biological mom, biological dad. We also have surrogates. Like There's so many different types of families. But just taking a look at your own family. For me personally, I wasn't born into a 
incredibly big family. There were five of us, and there were two girls and one boy. I was one of the girls. It was me, my mom, my dad, brother, and my sister. Me, my brother, and my sister were born very spread out, almost 10 years apart in age, but we love each other just the same. We're still incredibly close. Looking at Joseph's story, he did not have that same story with his family. If anything, they were consistently envious of Joseph and the dreams that he had and even some of the things that he said. They were consistently envious of him, the relationship he had with his parents and the dreams that he had. So we could back this up with scripture and seeing that in verse 11, it says Joseph's brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept thinking about the whole matter. No matter who he told this dream to, like his brothers would get mad. I feel like if he were walking the flock earlier than them, they would get mad. They were clearly jealous of the man. We could also see in verse eight, it said, so they hated him even more because of his dreams and because of what he said about them. Going even further up, verse 5, one time Joseph had a dream and when he told his brothers about it, they hated him even more. It's just like that series, Everybody Hates Chris. Joseph was Chris in this family bunch, it seems like. When you keep this in mind, recognize that sometimes even those you love most won't believe the moving forward God gave you. And it's clear that this dream that God has given Joseph, the brothers could not see it. They saw it as a threat to how they've seen him. It seemed like the dream was giving him purpose and giving him a sense of identity that the brothers couldn't get behind because they were so envious of what he had and what God was sowing into him in the dream. So a bonus nugget, some people can see the potential in your moving forward. They can see the potential in where the dream that God has sowed into you will take you. And it may even take you away from them and into something that they never saw for themselves. So with that being said, When you're surrounded by these people and they see the potential and you're moving forward, even when you can't, like they can see clearly that you're about to blow up. You're about to be this huge influential individual, but you can't see that clearly and they can. They will try to kill it at its infant stage. So something to keep in mind whenever you're moving forward for something, don't allow where you grew up and who you grew up around to determine whether you stay or go. If God said go, you already know. You need to get up out of there. You need to stay on your grind. You need to steward well over what you're supposed to do. And if God is telling you not necessarily to move forward from a particular place or a particular individual, but even an emotion that you're holding on to, if someone sees that you're trying to heal from a grudge you've been holding against someone for years, they're going to see that. And if they're not an advocate for you trying to grow as an individual, they're going to try to kill it. It's going to be a, oh, you think you're better than me now. Oh, you think you, just because you can go on forgiving people, you're just going to forgive them for that. Do you remember how big that was? That couldn't be me. It couldn't be me. People will try to sow these seeds of doubt into you and kill it at its infant stage because the amount of growth that'll take place when you finally get flat-footed and trying to move forward from something, it's going to shake up the foundations of the identity they tried to give you and not the identity that God has given you. You have to keep in mind that you are called to be on kingdom identity. And also this little nugget just came to me. Also recognize that the enemy tries to move through people. Like we can see in verse 11, Joseph's father loved him more than the rest of his brothers. But we can see in verse 10 that 
He also told the dream to his father and his father scolded him. What kind of dream is that? Do you think that your mother, your brothers and I are going to come and bow down to you? So even in that moment of vulnerability where he felt like the one person who loved him the most, at least as he could see, did not believe in what he felt like God was sowing into him to move forward in that season. So you gotta, gotta recognize that even the most faithful of stewards will have seasons where they can't steward well over you and be the good advocates and support system that you need in that season. So always recognize, like I said, in the preamble or the preface, keep what God told you at the forefront of why you're moving forward or into something. Don't allow even your strongest advocates to jade what God has told you. Because the moment you do, you start moving out of purpose and you don't want to do that. There's so much greatness within you. And I don't know you personally. I can only speak for the tribe members that I know personally. But the greatness that within you cannot be contained and is not contained to the 24 hours within the day that you get up and go to sleep each day. It's so much bigger than you. And nine times out of ten, it outlasts the time that you're here on this earth. That's why we hear like the legacies of the Albert Einsteins and Abrahams and Jesus Christ. Like we hear about their legacies because they recognize that the gifts that God put within them had nothing to do with them. So we can't even allow the biggest advocates that supported the Albert Einsteins, the Abrahams and the Jesus Christ. They did not. I won't say that they I, I can't say Jesus. I can't lump Jesus in with them, but I will say that. There were moments where all three of them have encountered individuals that told them they could not do and should not do what they're supposed to do. But whatever it is that was sown into them, God needed to get out into the earth. And he did. Moving on. (laughs) Let's continue the rest of Joseph's story. Verse 12 says, One day when Joseph's brothers had gone to Shechem to take care of their father's flock, Jacob said to Joseph, I want you to go to Shechem where your brothers are taking care of the flock. Joseph answered, I am ready. His father told him, go and see if your brothers are safe and if the flock is all right. Then come back and tell me. So his father sent him on his way from Hebron Valley. Jacob arrived at Shechem, verse 15, and was wandering around in the country when a man saw him and asked him, what are you looking for? Verse 16, I'm looking for my brothers who are taking care of their flock, he answered. Can you tell me where they are? The man said, they already left. I heard them say that they were going to Dothan. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them at Dothan. They saw him in the distance and before he reached them, they plotted against him and decided to kill him. They said to one another, here comes that dreamer. Come on now, let's kill him and throw his body into one of the dry wells. We can say that a wild animal killed him. Then we will see what becomes of his dreams. Reuben heard them and tried to save Joseph. Let's not kill him, he said. Just throw him into this well in the wilderness, but don't hurt him. He said this planning to save him from them and send him back to his father. Verse 23. When Joseph came up to his brothers, they ripped off his long rope with full sleeves. Then they took him and threw him into the well, which was dry. While they were eating, they suddenly saw a group of Ishmaelites traveling from Gilead to Egypt. Their camels were loaded with spices and resins. Judah said to his brother, what will be gained by killing our brother and covering up the murder? Let's sell him to the Ishmaelites. Then we won't have to hurt him after all. He is our brother, our own flesh and blood. His brothers agreed. 
And when some Midianite traders came by, the brothers pulled Joseph out of the well and sold him for 20 pieces of silver to the Ishmaelites, who took him to Egypt. When Reuben came back to the well and found that Joseph was not there, he tore his clothes in sorrow. He turned to his brothers and said, the boy is not there. What am I going to do? Verse 31, then they killed a goat and dipped Joseph's robe in its blood. Then they took the robe to their father and said, we found this. Does it belong to your son? Verse 33, he recognized it and said, yes, it is his. Some wild animal has killed him. My son Joseph has been torn to pieces. Jacob tore his clothes in sorrow and put on sackcloth. He mourned for his son a long time. Verse 35, all his sons and daughters came to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted and said, I will go down to the world of the dead, still mourning for my son. So he continued to mourn for his son Joseph. Meanwhile, in Egypt, the Midianites had sold Joseph to Potiphar, one of the king's officers, who was the captain of the palace guard. I read all of this simply to incorporate another element of what we can't control. Like I said earlier, there will be individuals who will try to plot against and kill whatever plan that God has in store for you, simply out of jealousy and even out of trying to covet something that doesn't belong to them. And it was clear that in Joseph's case, that his brothers did not like him already. They did not like the dreams that were being sown into him. So when we recognize the things we can't control, we can't control if God calls us to move forward into something or not. We have choice in whether or not we do it, but we can't control whether or not we move into what God has called us to do. We also can't control whether or not the people that we are surrounded by, as far as family and the environment in which we're growing up in, will be able to elevate or serve as a support system for the things that God is calling us to do. And as long as we recognize and honor that for what it is, we have to do everything in our power to surround ourselves with God-fearing people that are God-ordained to be stewards over the season that you're in, especially in a transitional period. And it won't always look pretty. It may even be individuals that you would have never considered you would need in this season. But always, always, always recognize when you're thinking about the things that we can't control, Family and environment's a big one, but even those that are trying to sow against what God has called you to move forward into, you can't control them. Another element that I want to speak on today is like your feelings. You can't control the feelings that may come up for you when you're trying to move forward into something. I already talked about pain earlier, but I'm noticing a lot of sadness and mourning that came up in Genesis 37 with regards to Joseph's father and how he mourned for him and oh thank you holy spirit when we're thinking about moving forward into something that may be getting uprooted from something that you weren't even anticipating getting uprooted in and it's clear that in the last verse of chapter 37 it says verse 36 meanwhile in egypt the midianites had sold joseph to potiphar one of the king's officers who was captain of the palace guard His father had no idea that his most coveted and beloved son was getting sold into slavery. But on the trajectory of his journey and his purpose of being on this earth, he was being moved there. So you can't control the feelings of others and how they'll mourn or how they'll feel or how upset they will be or even how happy. You can't control the feelings that may come up for you or the people you've surrounded yourself with when you're moving forward. You can't control that. 
in this example, we're noticing that his father began to grieve the fact that Joseph died. Allegedly, because, you know, his brothers were pretty trifling. But the first person to encounter this grieving process was Reuben. When he came back to the well and found that Joseph was not there, he tore his clothes in sorrow. I took a little bit of time to research this before I actually could wrap my head around tearing their clothes. I remember when I was watching the Bible um, growing up, not the Bible, but like back in high school, I believe. I remember watching the Bible back in high school when it first premiered on the History Channel. And I was absolutely in love with the depiction of biblical text on the big screen. I'd never seen it before. And even though I wasn't really clear of like how my spiritual journey would be incorporated in my life at the time, I was enthralled and just captivated by how they captured so many coveted biblical stories in a way that believers and non-believers could wrap their heads around. I remember in the scene where they've arrested Jesus and they took him to Caiaphas and all of the big wigs in the temple that when Jesus was replying to his questions, a man actually tore his robe after hearing what Jesus had to say. And to see it actually depicted in Genesis 37, it led me to think, what is the significance of someone tearing their robe? So I did my research. And it says that when someone is tearing their robe is actually an expression of grief or sadness. If I could connect it back to moving forward, expressing grief or sadness about moving forward into something you know and into something you don't know is normal. Let's look at it here. In verse 29 of Genesis 37, it says, When Reuben came back to the well and found that Joseph was not there, he tore his clothes in sorrow. So let's let's walk through it with me. Reuben knew that Joseph would be there. This is what he knew, right? But he had to move forward into believing that Joseph had died. And with that came the emotion of sorrow and grief, right? Again, Reuben, what he had known, Joseph to be alive and well, that his brothers hated him, what he had known had been stripped away and he was forced to move forward into believing that Joseph had died. And that was followed by grief and sorrow. And it doesn't have to be as significant as ripping your clothes. That is one of the most expressive ways to show how upset and enthralled with grief you are. But it could even look like you may find yourself steeped in those memories of like when you used to be happy with your old job. When you used to be happy in that old relationship. When you used to be happy taking those other classes because they were a breeze, they were easy. But recalling those things is normal. You're literally getting uprooted. Your spirit man is getting uprooted into new territory that you never would have anticipated you would have had to encounter even sooner than you expected. But the thing about it is, like I said earlier, God did not leave this entire situation. He is still there and he will still be with you when you're called to move forward into whatever you're supposed to move forward into. You can't control the process of grief and sorrow that comes with moving forward. It looks different for every person. So I won't say it'll be brief and I won't say it'll be quick and I won't say it'll take a thousand years. It's different for every person, but just honor that emotion for what it is. 
and accept it as normal and not as an abnormality. Because God has coveted you as such a beautiful creation that to define your emotions as something that's problematic is the worst thing you could do to yourself. Because you're beautifully and wonderfully made and crafted into being this authentic and complex being that is filled with emotions. So don't think that just because you may miss somebody or you miss your old self or you miss an old habit, that there's something wrong with you. If anything, that's a part of the grieving process. And I encourage you to also look at 1 Corinthians 10, 13. And it says, no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. So once again, I know someone will take the scripture and run with it and say, oh, God's tempting me. Like, no, that is not where I'm going with this. Being asked to move forward and just emotions in general that come up That's nothing new. If anything, God is anticipating that you will have these feelings and these experiences to what you're going through. And there's nothing wrong with you or with that. But God will provide you a way out of this season. It may take longer and it may not take as long. And it's different for each individual. You can't compare apples to oranges when it comes to a feeling, a season, or any man on this earth. So especially in a season when you're moving forward, you can't be like, oh, well, they changed their major too. Why are they being able to go through things a lot easier than I am? It's just like, you don't even know if they're walking in purpose when they're moving forward in whatever they're supposed to be doing. So always keep your eyes on God. And remember what I said? Keep your eyes on what God has told you and promised you when he told you to move forward. And while the flesh desires to stay complacent and not move, having that feeling of pain or grief or sorrow or sadness or frustration is not something you are being left alone to try to figure out. Like God's going to see a way out of it. He's going to find people and resources and things to help equip you to get through the season. He's not going to leave you to try to figure it out on your own. And even the temptation of wanting to go back to that person, that old habit, that old job, that old major, that old whatever it is that was your old nature, the temptation will come, but it's not there to overtake you. And it's definitely not sent by God because God always gives us choice. And like it says in the verse, he is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability to be able to overcome it. Anything that stretches you spiritually to be able to sustain yourself in the event that you, God forbid, encounter the season again, but you will surpass it in ways that you never thought you could possibly do it. So there may come a season if you're trying to figure out what is the next move for your career that you're bouncing from job to job to job, but each job you elevate yourself even more and learn more about yourself. When you finally get in alignment with where God is calling you and who he's calling you to be, you will have more wisdom than where you're starting now to go where God is moving you forward to. People feeling unsure of where they're supposed to go, who they're supposed to talk to, what they're supposed to focus on, or what they're supposed to be doing in this midst of unknown, God knows this. I've been there. I've seen it. 
So when you're recognizing all of these feelings that are coming up, I'll leave you with Galatians 5 verse 16. What I say is this, let the spirit direct your lives and you will not satisfy the desires of the human nature. But what our human nature wants is opposed to what the spirit wants and what the spirit wants is opposed to what our nature wants. These two are enemies and this means that you cannot do what you want to do. If the spirit leads you, you are not subject to the law. So I've read verses 16 and 18, not to drive home the fact that you're going to sin, you're terrible, blah, 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 blah. Because that's not, I feel like a lot of people that are ordained, quote unquote, to speak on this will usually use these scriptures to talk about how we may be suppressed to our sexual desires, our desires to be sinful, our desires to not tithe, our desires to be terrible human beings. And I don't feel like that's the case here. I feel like in this verse, when it comes to moving forward, it talks about the dichotomy that resides within our flesh. We have our spirit man, we have our human. Of course, we're always going to feel conflicted because we're always trying to figure out which one we're going to allow to guide our steps. And especially when it comes to moving forward, I implore you as your friend, to lean into the spirit and let the spirit guide where your feelings will land. Because they will come out. They will come out very fast and sometimes from unexpected places. But allow the spirit to define and guide and order your steps when you're moving forward. Because trust, you trying to harness them and control them for yourselves, they're not going to listen. They're not going to do what you want them to do. But in trusting them with the spirit, on how you can best steward well over these feelings and emotions you're having. Trust that God knows exactly what you need to get through it. So feel what you feel and give it to God so that he can guide you on where to land with those emotions. The last point I want to drive home is you can't control other people. So when it comes to what you can't control, it's especially other people. And when you start packing your bags to move forward, people will try to kill you and your dream and hold you back. With Joseph's example, Joseph's brothers knew that Joseph was going to move forward and even greater into something that they'd never seen in their family before and that God had a calling on his life. So they plotted to kill him. And when it comes to moving forward, God forbid that anybody kills you literally, but this could look like a premeditated kill. Like they start to steal your time, your energy, your purpose, your motivation, and your drive to do all that you feel God has called you to. Something very interesting that I couldn't leave you all without bringing up was that in Genesis 37 verse 20, it says, come on now, let's kill him and throw his body into one of the dry wells. We can say a wild animal killed him and then we will see what becomes of his dreams. Now, there's an emphasis on this dry well here, but I was like, okay, maybe they're just describing, you know, using some adjectives, some imagery to really make sure that we know that this was a dry well. But I was like, okay, I'll leave it there. But then it says it again in verse 24. Then they took him and threw him into the well, which was dry. So I was like, okay, I know I did this deep dive into the tearing of the robe when I talked about you can't control your feelings. But then I was like, okay, what were they trying to get at with this whole dry well situation? So the Holy Spirit convicted me with the dry well, meaning like a dry spell. 
And a dry spell is a period in which that the weather is completely dry. That's something you would usually experience in like a desert or a very dry and high temperatures area where there's not a lot of water. So I was like, oh snap. Okay, I see what you're doing here. When the enemy or those that are trying to discourage you see that you're moving forward into something, they believe throwing you into this dry well like Joseph They believe you won't be fruitful there because you are stripped of the calling, purpose, and drive that you were clothed in with your full sleeves. Because let's look at verse 23 going into verse 24. It says, when Joseph came up to his brothers, they ripped off his long robe with full sleeves. Then they took him and threw him into the well, which was dry. Why is this emphasis on their full sleeves? The full sleeves, I believe, is an allusion to the fruits of the spirit that God is put within you and even the dream or the vision that he's given to you to move forward into something the significance of his brother stripping him of his full sleeves is like they're trying to strip him of purpose and strip him of the things that God has stored within him for him to do in this season where he's moving forward into something that God has given him the vision to move forward into the enemy will try to allow the place you're in to define whether you will move forward elevate or walk into your purpose But we have to recognize that God is not confined to a space or a well or even the clothes. Everything is not what it seems. Just because it looks dry does not mean that time stopped. When it comes to us moving forward, that doesn't mean if it looks dry, you stop working or doing the last thing that you were supposed to do or that God has left you. Remember that the Holy Spirit resides within us. And if we forget that, We may think the season where it looks kind of iffy, it looks like God's not there, and it looks like that God's not going to come through on this moving forward season he's called you to, think again. Because just because it looks like, well, I've lost all my resources to start this job. I've lost all the connections and the time that I spent with this person who knows me so well. I've lost all the time I could have spent trying to build this new habit. Or I lost all the time I could have spent trying to be this old person that I used to be. I lost all this. I lost all this. And it's just like, you weren't losing anything. If anything, you were being stripped of the things that you attached your identity into believing. That's why you were moving forward. You were moving forward because of the things that people tried to impose upon you that you needed to move forward in. And if anything, it caused you to be stripped or put in a dry well or dry spell in which you had no choice but to lean on God. Ooh, I just said something there. When you're in a dry well, dry spell, no matter what it is, it has nothing to do with your resources. It has everything to do with you depending on God to get you through it. When you recognize what you can't control, which is especially the resources, the feelings, the other people, the thoughts, the family you're born into or the environment you're born into, when you recognize all these things you can't control, you recognize who's in control and who will get you through the moving forward season. This entire episode was focused on who's in control, but more so putting our trust back in the one who's in control. It's focused on giving us the identity in which we know that God is in control of all the things that we desire and even the things that we're called to. And when we're called into a season of moving forward, that looks like being stripped of the resources that we thought we needed. 
or the identity that we thought we were given and being given a new one. And the list may not stop here. I implore you to keep exploring and keep looking at the things that you can't control because it's different for everyone. But trust and believe that no matter what it is, God is in control of every piece of information, even if it looks meek, even if it looks like it's not going to work out for your good. Always, always know all things are working for your good. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Oh my gosh, you know how many times I used to hear that growing up in Miami, especially when Miami Heat was winning those back-to-back championships? If you're a Miami Heat fan, just know that you're right at home. All these other fans, mm. but you know, the Lord will help you through that. Anyways, um, I'm so excited to explore part two of this Moving Forward series. And I'm going to be honest with you, I was struggling with trying to figure out the next phase of this thing. I was like, okay, Father God, I know you've called me to move forward in a different direction, especially with like my major, as you guys heard last week, even in like where exactly I wanted to go professionally. And then even in some of the relationships that I was cultivating at the time, I knew that God wanted me to be in a certain area and I had to be positioned almost No, I had to be positioned. There was no almost by God because I was very stubborn when I first got to school and I wasn't trying to hear what anyone else had to say to me. I was not being receptive and even in tune with the gifts that God had in place in my spirit. I was more so in tune with like, oh, I'm good at this. I'm going to go and do this. And it's just like, It's one thing to be good at something, but it's a whole nother thing to be called to be good at something. And I'm not even going to go there. That's another word within and of itself. But like, just a nugget, recognize the things that you are called to do and not necessarily the things that you're skilled at. Because just because you're skilled at something, you may be working out of purpose. And that is such a time waster. It's worse than procrastination because you are fooled into thinking that you're actually being productive but on the flip side of things you're actually wasting a lot of the time that you could be full throttled in your purpose stewarding over the people you need to be stewarding over and even wasting time with people that you don't even need to interact with or even waste your time with so that's not the focus of today's episode but whoever needed that nugget and the spirit called me to say that nugget you're welcome JK, JK, thank you, Holy Spirit, because I can't take credit for that. I wasn't even trying to go there today, but we just gonna go with the flow. You know what I'm saying? So anyways, back to the episode. I'm going to be honest with you. I've gone weeks without touching this podcast simply because in the spirit of transparency, I did not feel encouraged to do this. But God kept speaking through people to me about this podcast. In this hiatus, so to speak, I sent out drafts of this baby that I'm building with Christ to my family. When I sent it out to them, they were almost blown away. Why do I keep saying almost? They were blown away with what God was saying to them. 
out of my mouth. I cannot take credit for any of it because sometimes when I'm speaking and even sometimes when I'm praying or even analyzing biblical texts, I'm like, I can't even compare to what the Holy Spirit is doing. Like, my voice is so minimal compared to what you could be getting in prayer, what you could be getting in worship, what you could be getting in Bible study. Like, those things are so pivotal to how you navigate your spiritual journey that I refuse to ever sit behind this mic and take credit for what God is saying through me. So don't ever get confused that I'm dropping gems, that I'm saying or I'm speaking to you because it's never me behind this mic. It's me answering the call that God has called me to and me being open to being a mouthpiece. And it took me humbling myself with sharing this information with my family that I took it a step further and shared it with my friend, almost like a sister to me. And the way that she spoke to me about how me walking in this calling, me walking in this purpose resonated with her a lot more than I would have ever anticipated. It made me humble myself once again in recognizing that this journey of me pivoting, of me moving forward into something that I've never tried. I've never been great at public speaking. I've never been great at keeping and maintaining anything that I've been stewarding over. I've struggled with that. But the fact that God purposed this within me and then it's still resonating even when I feel discouraged in the season to keep going with it proves that I'm not in control of any of this. And it took me wrestling with this episode for, I would say, like the past couple of weeks and even months before when I recorded the last one to recognize when I'm called to do something or when we're called to a certain job, a certain relationship, a certain creative process, a certain occupation, a certain school, or even to leave something, it never has anything to do with you or me or any person that may be. It has everything to do with God trying to do something in the world. And it takes a matter of us humbling ourselves and getting out of God's way to let his will be done. And I get it. I feel like I've entered one of the most challenging seasons in my life and I can't really identify what exactly God is doing. You ever have that feeling? Like what in his name is he doing in your life? We've all been there. So this week, I want you all not only to continue recognize what and who you need to move forward from, but to also identify what you can and can't control. And with each and every one of those, I want you to put an affirmation of how God is in control of the situation. This may take a little bit of time, so don't rush the process. If anything, if you need to re-listen to this episode or even listen to the one from last week for a refresher, do that. Because moving forward is not something you just do as soon as this podcast is over or as soon as you break things off with someone. It's a continuous process. So don't rush it. I can't wait to see what you all have to say. Now let's close this out with a prayer. Dear Father God, 
this has been such a long journey for me, and I can't imagine what it's like for your other children out there. There are plenty of kings and queens that are really trying to buckle down and identify what it is they need to move forward from. It could be people, it could be places, and it could even be materialistic things that you are specifically calling us to walk away from or even step into something new and elevate us into new people that you've already called us to be. We have to be able to turn these things over to you and truly recognize that you're in control. So right now, we thank you for giving us the wisdom and discernment of identifying what we need to move forward from. But in addition to that, we thank you for reminding us that you are in control and that we're not defined by the things and the labels that people have gifted us as being called for or called to, but more so recognizing how you are able to be glorified in the situation. Thank you for not allowing us to be jaded by all of the different labels and identifiers people want to put on us, but more so being able to be humble and walk in humility and being able to call you our King of Kings and our Lord of Lords. We know that we can't move forward into something without you, and we choose not to in this moment. We pray that we may be able to die more unto ourselves now more than ever so that you are able to get the honor and glory from our lives that you truly, truly deserve. So as we go into this week and even into these next couple of days, help us to truly identify what it is you want us to move forward from and help us to also identify how you are in control and the things that we need to let go of and not be in control of any longer. And it's in all these things we ask, not by our will, but your will. And it's in Jesus' name we pray and ask it all. Amen. So that wraps up this week's episode of Melanin Medley, and I'd love to hear what you think. Feel free to email me at d-e-m-e-l-a-v-e-r-d-a-d at gmail.com and keep the conversation going. I'd love to hear what you, your friends, and family thought about this week's topic. Email me your questions, your thoughts, and even suggestions you may have for future episodes. Feel free to follow me on social media at the Melanin Medley Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Until next time, keep your heads up, kings and queens, and I'll see you next week. Bye.